Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 225, John and Wendy, Ask Us Anything, Part 5. <laughs> I'm your host, John. I And I am Wendy. How are you, John? I'm well, Wendy. I was waiting for you to say again and again and again, like an echo I, chamber. I was going to, and then I was trying to, like, can I do five? Would I go too many? Would I go not far enough? Um, so... You know, again, 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 whatever it is. Um, I love these episodes. I love seeing what people come up with because uh, it's everything, you know. (laughs) I think we should note we have made a point of always celebrating the number before a big number. Yep. However, 224 was really cool because you did the Unleash special, as I'm calling it, with Nikki Hoyland. And that's, I had a chance to listen to it. Super cool. Yeah, learn some stuff, and it sounded like a great time. You, you fully recovered from your first conference adventure in a while. <laughs> yeah, um, it it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I've talked about it a couple of times. I am fully recovered, but it it does take me a little bit longer to recover. Um, I'm sure that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm three years older than the last time we went anywhere. Um, but I think the the one thing that I took away from it that I'm going to do any other time, anytime I go to a conference is not get into that hustle culture of you got to go to everything. You got to see everything. You got to go, go, go. Um, and be okay with resting. We can't do everything. And we end up disappointed when, um, it can be disappointing when you don't, when you try and you can't do everything. So coming up with those must do's, those must see people and, uh, focusing on that. I think that's going to be my mantra the next time I go to an event. We'll have to do another convention conference special at some point. Yeah. With some seasoning, with some separation yeah. from, from doing it. Like you said, I, I still have not done anything. I don't know when I will. It doesn't right. seem to be happening anytime soon. I, I don't know. I may be telling everybody to just put on the goggles and do the virtual things. But <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Hey, you know, and it's it, it, the virtual stuff is just as important as much as as awesome as it is to see people in person. And it is. I'm not going to, you know, try and downplay that. But as I was thinking about it, you know, those virtual op- options are really more accessible and, and open up those events to a lot more people. So um, I really hope conferences continue to offer um, or there are options um, to continue to learn online, because I think that's a, a key um, as well to offering, uh, making, making those events much more inclusive and available because it's expensive to travel. I went to Vegas in the middle of the week and I had a heck of a time finding a decent flight. (laughs) Well, enough convention talk. We're here to answer some questions. We always ask and people always deliver. Wendy, I think we should just get right to it. Let's jump in, huh? All right. So our first question is from our friend, Dr. Bob which I love that. I love, we have Dr. Bob. It's awesome. Um, when do you think we will see the flattening of organizations and elimination of middle management or will we? I appreciate Dr. Bob asking one of our serious questions. It is difficult to answer from the standpoint that we're all in so many different places. Uh-huh. I would say what I see is that organizations are flattening out. For sure. And if they aren't eliminating management, they're at least adding additional duties Mm -hmm. or 
promoting people in a lot of times that were tremendous widget makers into as individual contributors. However, are they necessarily great leaders to show the other people not only how to make the widgets, but nurture them and develop them? That is an issue I think we we have heard a lot from our guests over over time. I think we are seeing it, but again, I'm only speaking from my perspective and my own experience in the industries that I am around. I think the pandemic only exacerbated that. The smaller labor pool has exacerbated that. More work, more stuff needed from fewer people. No, I, I think I agree with that. I, and I think we, I think some of that will continue. I think we may, what I hope to see is um, a better definition around what you want those leaders to do. Um, are they working managers? Are they, are, are, are they there to lift and, um, and coach your employees and, and help your employees be better? So wh- where do those, where, where, sh- where should that be? Um, in healthcare, um, I've seen both for a long time where you have some working managers and then you have some that are just managing people. So I think there needs to be a, a little better definition around that and hopefully better um, prepping those managers for what those next level of duties are. Because if you're going to supervise people, I mean, we all have stories of horrible, horrible supervisors. Um, so if we're going to um, move away from or flattening out some of that, there still needs to be the coaching. There still needs to be some of that direction um, to make sure everyone's moving in the same in the same direction. <laughs> I think it is interesting, just like we always say, you don't go to school necessarily to be a recruiter when you grow up. Right. I don't, I don't think people necessarily think I'm going to be a leader. You know, I'm going to be a they, business manager. They want to be manager. the boss. They want to be the boss. Yes, or the we, CEO. <laughs> but we all know those are very, very different things. Yeah. It's it's a growth opportunity. It's a development opportunity mm-hmm. that, unfortunately, so often. And like I said, we we talk to people about this all the time. It is a reality that the individual contributor that's successful, a lot of people just think, sprinkle some magic dust, and they're going to be a great leader, a great supervisor, a great manager, a great CEO. They may, and they may not. Right. Unfortunately, with all the other confluence of stuff going on in the world, I, I think to Dr. Bob's question, I think flattening, elimination, or those that are in it, are they necessarily equipped to be successful? Exactly. I agree with that. I agree with that. Our friend Christy Engler asks, after 200 plus episodes, where is HR going? What's going well and what needs improvement? That is a huge question. It is. <laughs> it is. That's why you put it, that I have to answer it, isn't it? I really, I'm seeing a lot more folks um, focused on employee-centric organizations, and we're we're seeing more of HR move that direction. We still have the old school folks out there, but I think they are getting older. Hopefully, they're getting closer to retirement, Um, but as we bring up um, new and um, younger HR professionals, um, I think that they are also pushing to move a little bit more towards that. How do we how do we support employees? Because if we support employees, everything else should fall in line. We are having conversations that we didn't have four years ago, particularly oh, when sure. it comes to recognition and engagement. And to your point, the development piece. 
I think we should be careful to say it's just more seasoned HR professionals because <laughs> I, I don't think that mean you. I think you and I would would have to say that we are fairly seasoned HR professionals. I mean, we've got what forty plus years of experience uh-huh. between us. We do. I think that's fairly seasoned in yeah. the world that we're in. I think we are trying to help change things as we can and and talk to people that are changing things. Oh, for sure. There is always going to be a compliance component. We talk so much about tech advances and uh-huh. the cool stuff that's going on. And you and I both know that there is a tremendous part of the population, of the business population, they're not doing any of those things. They may not have the resources. They may not have no. the, the, either the people, people resources, much less the money. It is difficult. Yeah. And it's cultural. If you're a well-established business that's done what you think is well and you keep doing well and you're not doing all these bits and buttons and bloops and blorps and you just don't, you know, you're not seeing it. (laughs) And if your leadership doesn't see the value in some of those things, that is a challenge. I mean, so I think what's going well is that we continue to see those conversations being pushed. Fewer people in the market the competitive market that we all have. I don't care what you're hiring for. It's funny. People are like, what about this out or there? Or we're even seeing now, we're starting to see some of these really big tech companies. They're starting to downsize a bit or right, right? size or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you the general public, if you go to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just say it for healthcare, but I'm going to say healthcare, retail, construction. I look everywhere. I just took a trip for work. Uh-huh. I'm in the Pittsburgh area. It's a pretty depressed area. There, there's a lot of a lot of challenges. There were restaurants that were literally open two or three days a week because there aren't enough people to make the food. There are certainly people traveling to want to you know buy their food, but they're just they don't have the resources to do it. That is going to continue to be an issue, right? For many, many, many organizations. Who would have thought we'd be talking about that four years ago? I wouldn't. No. I mean, who would have thought that you'd be seeing sign-on bonuses for um, entry-level positions, not, you know, at, at Walmart, at, um, you know, food service, um, environmental services, housekeepers are seeing sign-on bonuses, they're seeing increased wages. I know that, you know, we all know wages can't go up forever, but I'm kind of happy to see wages going up. It's been a long time since we've had movement like this, and I think Two, we're seeing a lot of, um, I I am still seeing HR folks kind of pushing back on that. Well, the money has to come from somewhere. I I get that, but I think we need to be a little more creative when we're talking about that and and thinking about how do we do work a little bit differently. Again, focusing on, if we focus on our employees, they will take care of our patients. They will take care of our customers. They will will take care of the business for us. I think it's all well and good to be good stewards of our resources financially. However, if you are such a great steward of the resources that the resources don't go out, you're not going to have the people to make the widgets to take care of the people to fix the burger or whatever it is. I think it is going to be interesting to watch how our world changes in the next several years as we see more automation. We know it's coming. I mean, Mm -hmm. you hear about the pharmacies bringing in the robot pharmacists and what have you. And the, and the fast food places are going to make, you know, robot burger slingers. And those things are going to happen. We are still going to see this dearth of people available to the market for a while. And I keep trying to tell people it is, it's not happening tomorrow. It's not happening next no. week. We're talking years out. I would agree with that. Well, and you know, too, you know, 
there's already self-checkout at Walmart. There's already self-order at McDonald's. They still need people. <laughs> it did eliminate all the jobs. Isn't it fascinating that how often do you hear in our world, we talk about employee self-service and these, whatever it is, to be able to do all this myriad of stuff. How often, though, do we hear that there's not enough touch? Right. It's a, it's an interesting, and I'm glad Christy asked, you know, what, yeah. where, where, what's going well? I mean, there, there are a lot of things that are going really well. Yeah. What needs improvement? I think to your point earlier, there needs to be some shift or understanding that things have shifted in some folks that are only going to quote scripture and verse <laughs> out of the laws because they right. are important. I do not want, I, I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want you to put right. the organization in trouble, but there is something to be said for thinking about how you're going to deal with these individuals as individuals. Right. Well, and the law is the minimum. That, that's your floor. You, you can go above and beyond what the law says. And so I think too, the more, I, I you know, I guess they keep preaching this, the more we focus on doing what's right for the employee. And I'm not saying we give, we bend over backwards and give them everything they want. It has to be reasonable, obviously. If we can focus that a little bit better on who's making our widgets um, or who's making our burgers, I really think everything else is going to be okay. <laughs> All right. From our friend, John Friend, Miss John, we need to need to head up to Fargo or to Grand Forks and see John. Who is the resource you use most professionally? It was great to hear from John. It's been too long. Yeah. This is an incredibly difficult question. <laughs> right. I've been so fortunate to get to know so many people. Mm-hmm. I'm utilizing people differently. Right. I'm going to talk to, or I'm going to read John Hyman's law blog, uh-huh. or I'm going to listen to hostile work environment when it comes to yep. employment law things, because they're at the front, Eric Meyer. There's some really great stuff. Dave Miklas, Dave has been on our show. There's a lot of really great people writing really good stuff or uh-huh. creating great content when it comes to that. When I'm looking at somebody that challenges me and I've said it over and over and she knows it, Lori Rudiman. I have <laughs> to listen to Lori Rudiman's podcast yep. every week. I guess that's the more forward thinking often sure. in terms of what we do. And as, as I've said before, she confounds me in ways that nobody else in this industry does. And I need that personally. If I'm going to talk about recruiting, I'm going to talk to you or I'm going to go listen to Chad and Cheese if I'm listening about HR tech. I, I think it, why I say it's so hard is that I don't think there's any one source I use more than another. I, I right. do listen to a ton of podcasts. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And I could sit here and rail off umpteen HR podcasts that I listen to every week because I'm always picking up something and hopefully it helps us get better as podcasters and as creators and as people in this business. That's how I've learned. And and that's how I like to learn. The great thing is there is so much good content being created. So many great materials out there. I'm glad John asked the question, but I can't just say, Oh, this is the resource. Right. Because we do so many different things. There's not just one. And even for me going into doing talent acquisition, I would probably, if someone came and asked me, I would say, well, what are you looking to do in talent acquisition? You know, are you going for sourcing? Are you looking to market? Are you looking for interviewing? What what part of that are you going to look for? Because I'm going to recommend someone different each time. Um, I'll give a shout out to Amy Miller, Recruiting in Yoga Pants. I do watch her videos. I think she offers some really great down-to-earth advice. You know, anyone looking for recruiting advice, I would go to her first, and then I would look to actual recruiters that's, I guess that's where I look for my resources. Terry Milford had a couple questions. First one is, what's the most surprising response or thing that you've learned doing the show? 
that we're still doing it. <laughs> Four years later, and here we are, we're still doing the podcast, which I absolutely love. Honestly, the most surprising thing for me has been that we get sponsors. We get businesses that want to work with us and um, see the value in what we're doing and want to access our community. And um, we've said it before that we are protective of our community. It's, you know, it's open doors, but we're not going to sell the list to anybody. So if we want to bring someone in, know that we've, we've done our due diligence and there's someone that we think you should know. And there's someone, you know, at, even as a business, it's a business we think you should be involved with. So I think that's been the most surprising thing for me. I did not expect that we would be, you know, one, I didn't think we'd be doing it four years later. And two, I didn't think we'd be working with some really great sponsors on some amazing things that we've been able to do. Mine's going to lean a little more personal in that I'll never forget when we had Michael Milady on the first time. That was when we still asked, how did you first get to know us? Oh, sure, sure. And his comment was, oh, I heard your other podcast. Oh, right. And he talked about Star Joes. That blew my mind. Yeah. There's been one other Star Joes interaction I've had from this show. It was at the Big HR conference several years ago. There's a big G.I. Joe convention that was going on like the next weekend, I think, or two weekends ago. It was, oh. it was close together. I'm at the conference and I'm talking to somebody. They kind of leaned in and they go, hey, you got a question for you. I go, okay, you going to JoeCon? I was like, what? I, I was kind of flattered. I was like, okay, yeah. wait, 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 I don't know. You go, Are you going to JoeCon? Like, it was <laughs> totally random. Are you going to go to JoeCon? I'm like, no, unfortunately not because it's whatever. And they said, oh, my brother listens to Star Joes. And I told him that I was going to meet you. And I thought that was insane. That, that is crazy. These, these worlds that like that world is fairly specific and small. Yeah. It's a small but vocal group, just slide. like what we have with our community that we've built. The confluence of my podcasting, Michael Milady's response. I just remember being like, <laughs> holy crap, that's crazy that that came up. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. All right. Terry's other question. If you could interview anyone real or fictional, who would it be? If we can include those that are no longer among us. Because mm -hmm. we're going to say fictional. Right. I've had an idea for a podcast for years called Needs Me Some Needham, which is all about the filmography of Hal Needham, one of the greatest action movie directors that ever lived. And I read Hal Needham's book, Stuntman, years ago. Hal Needham directed Cannonball Run, Stoker Ace, Megaforce, the greatest G.I. Joe movie ever made, Dirt Bike Kid. Hal Needham directed all these action movies because he started in Hollywood as a stuntman riding horses Okay, way back in the Westerns. He lived a crazy life. He was really, really close friends with Burt Reynolds. I want to do a podcast just about Hal Needham movies and to be able to have interviewed him about his process. Several years ago, I had a chance to meet Barry Bostwick, who was oh. the star of Megaforce. And I said, Hey, are all the stories I've heard about Hal Needham true? And he proceeded to give me a litany of stories for the next 25 minutes about what a challenge it was to work with this guy. If it existed, I'd interview Hal Needham. It would be for my other podcast that does not exist, Needs Me Some Needham. <laughs> this, was, this was hard because there's, you know, you can go, go so many different directions with it. You know, we had, when we had Minda Hearts on the very first time on HR Wonder Women, we joked that we were trying to get Beyonce on. I don't know. I'd probably be way too starstruck um, at that point. If we could do anyone, and I don't know how much Beyonce would fit into what we're doing now, but I think I'd go with Michelle Obama. Somewhat realistic. 
maybe. <laughs> but I think she would have um, some great things to share um, to our community on treating people, equity, um, and, you know, I think she could have some good advice on how you should treat employees, even though she hasn't been an employee for a long time. She hasn't, <laughs> she's, I think she's had some employees, but I, I think that would be a very fascinating interview. From the ridiculous to the sublime. That wasn't so <laughs> ridiculous. Our dear friend and our favorite Canadian, Melanie Peacock asked, if HR were a sandwich, what would the ingredients be and what would it be called? Well, it's obviously a gyro, right? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a sandwich, but yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, no, we're not doing sandwiches anymore. Um, <laughs> which, uh, shout out to Disrupt HR. That's one of my favorite Disrupt HR talks. Stop serving sandwiches many years ago. Highly recommend going and checking it out. Um, what, you know, yeah, I don't, this, Melanie is. Why, why, why would it be that? Why, why was that the first thing to come to mind? A gyro? Yeah. Because it sounds like HR. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a hero sandwich. HR, HR and the hero sandwich. Um, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I saw the question and I thought about it and I'm just like, hmm. You know, we could take it down the direction. Do we do we get into the discussion of what is a sandwich? You know, is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, all of those. <laughs> I'm leaving that to the sportful. Let, let's let them have that yeah. conversation. Yeah, I'm I'm a little stumped. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this one? I love that, Melanie. I love I love that you have completely and totally stumped me on this one. Uh, it's a bologna sandwich because we're full. <laughs> That's what my dearly departed mother would have said. I guarantee it. I mean, she would have said I was full of bull****. You know, I think it's a bologna sandwich because so often is what we're feeding people is bologna. I like it. I, I can look That's what it. I'm going with. And you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> you can gussy up the name. Okay. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it. I can go with a good bologna sandwich. I haven't had one in forever. Yeah. Well, maybe a little fried bologna. Martinsville Raceway. That's, that's what you get. That's the sandwich <laughs> of the racetrack is a fried bologna sandwich. I have to preface this next set of questions because hands down, Wendy, this may be the greatest thing that anybody has done <laughs> in homage to us and what we did to lighten yep. our load. Chris Hadley outsourced his questions to his wife and kids. I love it. But the best Chris. part is he didn't tell them what it was for. <laughs> All he asked him was ask him, ask me a question. So there's no context to love it. Love it. He doesn't tell them it's for John and Wendy. They may not know who we are. I don't know. I've already told Chris that this needs to be his ongoing project. Anytime we do this now, he's got to do this. This is nothing short of brilliant. Like I, I, it just made me laugh so hard when I read, read it and put it in context. First question is from Kayla who asked boneless or bone in wings. Oh, bone in, bone in. Boneless wings are chicken nuggets. You can put sauce on it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's a chicken nugget. For whatever reason, bone-in wings are usually cheaper than boneless. Which They're all not, expensive now. They're all expensive <laughs> now. But you're not in the bag at Buffalo Wild Wings taking the meat off of the wing. It's breast meat. It's not wing meat. And I I love good wings. I love to make wings. 
we've been making finding some weird and different uh, sauces at Walmart, and I love it. I always say, you know, you can tell somebody's age or vintage based on what they call Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, when it was BW3, yeah, uh, for those does. of you in the listening audience that aren't aware, it used to be Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck because they yeah. served Kimmelweck rolls, uh, beef on Weck, which is a buffalo sand, you know, buffalo uh, area sandwich. Kimmelweck bread doesn't travel well. It doesn't last but a day or two. So they got rid of Weck pretty early on. I can remember vividly when it was Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck, and it was a college town thing. I think they started oh, yeah. in Bloomington, and they, they were only in college towns. Yeah, I remember way back when. Um, and then getting, um, yeah, BW3, B-dubs, all, yeah. When they opened BW3 in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where I went at Middle Tennessee State, we went all the time. I can vividly remember I won tickets to see Hootie and the Blowfish Oh, from a local radio promotion. Since I was not dating anyone and didn't have any prospects for a lady friend, I gave them to my roommate because I was not going to go see Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> stag. It didn't make sense. So he, he had a nice time with one of his lady friends. But yeah, right. I went I went tickets to see Hootie and the Blowfish while I was eating wings. That was, that was a good, that was nice. That was a good night. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Dion asked, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I think I'm going to go with teleportation. Took mine. That's exactly what I was thinking. Nightcrawler can bamf all over the place. I don't think he has to see it. I can't remember. I, can, you know, sometimes the fo- the teleporters have to be able to have been somewhere to wreck. Yeah. I would say I don't have to be somewhere. I could just kind of calculate, like in Jumper. I think they did that in Jumper. They just jumped. Yeah. That's not quite the same thing. But yeah, teleportation is my choice. Yeah, teleportation or, or the ability to fly super speeds, so that I don't have to wait around, spend six hours in an airport. <laughs> the last question from Chris's family is from Amelia, who asked, where do diamonds come from? Uh, this may be the most philosophical question it, of the entire yeah, trip. You know, um, poop and pressure. <laughs> I was going to say the, the store. <laughs> what is it they used to say? You know, three months, three months of uh, salary for your engagement ring. Wasn't that the, the mark at well, one like time? Two, like at one point, I thought it was two years or something. It was insane. Um, maybe it was two months. I definitely didn't do two years. I know. Was, I know. That was, yeah, mine was, that was not well before my HR career got going. Don't worry. <laughs> there is the literal sense of diamonds coming from compressed coal or whatever, yep. uh, but there's also the diamonds come from the store. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. That, that's what, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you, Chris, for the laughs. Thank you to Kayla, Dion, and Amelia for contributing. We we appreciate that very Those much. Those were awesome. Those were great questions. All right. Uh, Matt Henry asks, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? This has changed over time. (laughs) I'm not a beach person. I like visiting big cities, New York, Chicago. I like like that. I don't want to live there, you know, long term. Now, particularly I have a friend that's over in Ireland. I would love to live somewhere like that. Yeah. The green lush hills maybe have some sheep that I can tend to. It seems like it could be such an easygoing thing. Uh, it used to be because I'd want to go drink the beer or drink the whiskey, and I'm not doing that anymore. So I, I don't think it would be so much for that. But yeah, I, 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 something idyllic. Yeah, like that sounds good to me. Yeah, my first thought was I, I I'm happy staying here where I'm at. Um, it's a pain in the butt sometimes, but I wouldn't mind if I could 
you know, get my house and the view of the open prairie that I had in Montana and bring it back here so I don't have to transport children anywhere or uproot them. I, I do miss having a view. I miss having everything's getting built up around here. So it's just houses, houses, houses. Now, if I had to choose somewhere else, it would be somewhere in the mountains. Some quiet little cabin. Um, as nice as it is to be able to be in larger cities and have the amenities, um, or even small cities like where I live now, I think I would be much happier living away from people and then just going in and out on occasion. <laughs> All right. Well, the next question has a visual that we can't share. Uh -huh. Matt Stolick had posted an image and it says you can only choose three potions and there are 12 potions or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, there's 12, yeah, there's 12. potions listed and you can pick three of them. I'm not going to read all of them. I'll just, <laughs> uh, you tell me your three and I'll pick my three and maybe there'll be three different. We'll see. Obviously uh, one, one is you can teleport to any airport. So I'm going with that since that was going to be my superpower anyway. I think I'm also going to go with things taste like whatever I want them to. Uh, Cause I do like good food and that way all food tastes the way it should, <laughs> whether it's cooked properly or not. And uh, because I live in South Dakota, all insects avoid you. We were at a state park yesterday at a Girl Scout thing, and some, several of us agree. We, have, we all have dogs, and there's tick medicine for dogs. So, And the medicine you give dogs now, it doesn't keep the ticks off of the dogs, but it prevents the ticks from biting them. Hmm. Why okay. can't we have this for humans? We know Lyme disease is an issue. We know ticks biting us is an issue. Why can't we have tick medicine that we just take once a month and I don't have to worry about ticks um, on me or on my dogs then? That's that's what I'm going with. Okay. I didn't choose any of those. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I chose speak every language. That's a good one. Identify the emotions of anyone you talk with. Nice. And grow your ideal beard. <laughs> Although I do have to say things you kick three times turn into cheeses. Kind of tempting. That was, that was tempting. But <laughs> then he, he posted that on, on Twitter as well when he shared it on Twitter. And then someone said, I would be turning a lot of tires into cheese. And I was like, ooh, I wonder how many times I accidentally kick something three times. The only reason I didn't say teleport to any airport is I just want to teleport to why? Oh, why you don't want to actually airport? go to the you just, Yeah. Why go to the airport? Well, yeah. so to the airport, that might be if you have to visualize. So I can visualize the airport. Yes. I can visualize the gate that I need to arrive at. That was the interesting thing with, with the Marvel stuff with the snap. Right. When things, when they reappear, like with Hawkeye, I think it came up in Hawkeye, you know, when the, the room had changed. Mm -hmm. What happened to those people that were in a plane at 20,000 right? feet or 50,000 and they snapped and all of a sudden they're back. We don't hear that stuff. No, you don't. <laughs> that stuff doesn't get you addressed. You just appear in the air and yeah, then right. you're dead. It's kind of bleak. Yeah. It is very bleak. <laughs> it is very bleak. Yeah. Well, we have a few questions from Tom Daniels who kind of, we're getting some really interesting questions here. I'll say that much. Do you floss before or after you brush your teeth? I floss before. My weird secret about brushing or a thing that people would be surprised by is I love original flavor Listerine. <laughs> it tastes like medicine. It's that antiseptic thing. It always, I just, <laughs> I, maybe it's psychological. Like I think Probably. I'm going to be cleaner than it's cool mint or purple. Probably. It's just that stuff that. Purple isn't know. clean. <laughs> Orange, gold. 
whatever color it is. And I and I floss on the regular. I think my my doctor or my dentist is usually fairly pleased. I will say, Tom, this was my reminder to put floss on my shopping list. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'm usually really good until we run out, and then I forget to put it on the list. So we're kind of we might be a little bit behind sometimes. Um, but I do before as well. Tom asked, "What is your superpower?" And I think what he means by that is. What do you do that that is special or that you're really focused on? Not not like I want like the earlier question about what you want to do, but what do you feel like is something that you really excel in? Well, my my superpower. I kind of forgot I knew how to do this, but I I'm, I'm going to say my superpower is sight reading music. That I can I can sit down on the piano and I you know nothing overly complicated and not too many sharps, but. Um, I can pluck out both hands of a song um, pretty easily from the first first time I sit down. I may or may not get better than that, <laughs> depending on how much I want to practice it. But with uh, so Jesse and I are doing Willy Wonka this summer, and so for me to be able to sit down and pluck out some of those harmonies real quick, um, that was a nice surprise to come back to. I think mine is connecting people. I think the show is part of that. Previous guests of the show, Tommy Diener, told me one time that she didn't know anybody that connected people as well as I did. And then she said, that is your gift. Yeah. And so I think that, it, and that is not just from an HR perspective, that's in all things I like to, I like to connect people that I think should know each other. And, and that's something I've always enjoyed doing. And I think I excel doing. You do. You do a great job at that. Thank you. Given the choice, would you be a bird or a fish? Bird. <laughs> and especially after watching uh, Peacemaker on HBO Max, oh, Eagly, yeah? Eagly's like the greatest bird ever, and he hugs John Cena for crying out loud. That bird is awesome. <laughs> and birds eat fish. Birds eat fish. Um, unless I can be like a really big fish. I could be like a great white shark just going through, just cruising the ocean. Tom's last question is, if you could be a guest or guest host of any podcast, and I assume that means existing podcast, right, right, not right. made up, what show would it be? Oh, uh, another hard one uh, for me because I haven't been listening to podcasts like, like I should, but I think I am going to go with the Holy Post podcast. It was hosted by the guy who did Bob the Tomato of VeggieTales. Oh, wow. And um, so they talk. It's, it is very philosophical, very religious-focused, uh, um, some evangelical stuff in there, which um, is interesting to me. <laughs> the first half of their show is all – sometimes it's serious news, sometimes it's general news. But they always have – they typically have a segment called News of the Butt where they talk about – you guessed it. It's usually poop-related. And the fact that you have the guy who did Bob the Tomato talking about poop on a podcast. I love it. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I've learned a lot from the podcast. They are uh, very, very good. And Bob's voice sometimes shows up. And there, there is ukulele as well. My fun fact about VeggieTales, other than my kids watched it, one of my buddies plays violin on a lot of that show. A lot of the things that were nice. filmed, he, he was in the musicians group that played. Okay. He went from that to Hamilton for crying out loud. You know, I, I, you know, we're Bob Burgers fans at my house. We love those crazy, silly little songs that don't yeah. sound like they took very long to write, and you know, they took forever to write to sound that effortless. Yeah. Um, and we still sing songs from Veggie Tales. 
my friend Chuck, I think it was his first one of his first gigs out of college with That's playing awesome. Veggie Tales, and any that, awesome. that, and he also plays electric violin. He's oh, pretty cool. damn amazing. Very, uh, very he, cool. He, yeah, does doesn't actually an electric violin camp with? Wow. I forget. There's a guy. I can't think of the guy's name, but a very accomplished for his like metal violin. Wow. And Chuck is one of the guys that performs with him and is crazy talented. Good. Anyway, That's awesome. That's awesome. This is not a hard question for me at all. It is my favorite podcast, hands down, regardless of format or anything else. It's the Doughboys. Yep. As I've talked about repeatedly here and elsewhere, the thing about podcasts for me is the communities that are built. Just like we have this amazing community that we've built yep. of listeners. And I'm part of a lot of different communities in podcasting. And being part of the Doughboys podcast community, two comedy writers, actors, performers that started out They'd have they have a guest on and they would review fast or started out as fast food chains. And it's over time they 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 do sit down restaurants as well. Their evolution from these 45 or 50 minute shows to like two hour episodes with all kinds of inside jokes where they didn't get along and they hated each other. And then they made up and they have this weird dynamic. They have guests that come back all the time. You know, Jason Manzukis has been on the show. I know you're a big fan of Manzukis. Yeah. Manzukis can't eat anything because of his egg allergy. So he came on and reviewed frozen French fries and frozen, <laughs> like Orida. They, they cooked all kinds of Orida stuff. And during the pandemic, they had to get carry out or, or, yeah. or they did different things or they got food at the grocery and tried everything. They're very militant union because they're both in the writers union and SAG okay. and, and very pro worker. Last year they did. They did a Twitch stream, a 25-hour oh. Twitch stream. Oh, right. And raised, they ended up at like, a, I want to say it was 160000 or $170,000 wow. Food Workers Fund. They're funny. They're quick. There's all kinds of in-story in and history and jokes upon jokes upon jokes. It, it's my favorite. And I would I would love to get in and even try to keep up with them at some right. level. I, I don't know what <laughs> I, I don't know why I have to think about what I'd want to review as far as restaurants. It was the first show I ever bought a t-shirt for, if that tells nice. you anything. That that's how much I like them. <laughs> and it's one of the few shows I'm a patron. Like I've been on their Patreon group for four years, three or four years oh, wow. now. And they have a crazy following. They they do live shows that sell out in an hour. The people go crazy. They they had a drunk guy try to get on stage to get near them and they had to yank them off. That's the one negative they've had. Their fans are just super devoted. And like I said, the fact that they could, they've done good, you uh-huh. know, and, and they donate, they are living off their, their Patreon now. Wow. They make, yeah. Like I'm not even going to talk about how much they're in the top 10. I believe they're in the top 10 projects on Patreon every month. Wow. It, it is serious, serious money. Now, of course, it pays for their production and they have staff right. and they have people that work yes. with them and for them now. It's the best. All right. Uh, Tina Marie asks, if they were to name an ice cream after you, what would it be? I wasn't quite sure if it was what would the name be or what would be in it. I took it right. as what would be in it. And it's yeah. got to have bananas mm-hmm. and it's got to have chocolate, chips, cookie chunks, something. I don't know. Like I like a... I like a, a birthday cake or, a, you know, a sweet cream base, mm-hmm. bananas, mm-hmm. caramel, chocolate, but it has to have bananas. I'll add some chocolate to the next time I do the banana foster just for you, John. Oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. It, actually, I sold that this weekend and it was very popular. I had caramelized bananas and walnuts in a rum based um, vanilla ice cream and it was, it was very good. 
this is a lot harder for me now because I've made so many yeah, exactly. ice creams. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with uh, the one I'll be making again here soon. My coffee stout ice cream, chocolate coffee stout, because I like chocolate. I like coffee and uh, the, the creaminess of it. I, it's been a long time since eponymous has had uh, their coffee stout on tap. So I'm super pumped to have some of that. Um, and then to turn that into ice cream again. I'm excited. Although I got to say my, I'm really happy with my cinnamon toast crunch ice cream too. Cause that's, that's been selling very well too, so, but I'm not cinnamon toast crunch. If I'm going to the cereal aisle, I'm not necessarily picking that. I am very curious to see what you say here. Paul alone asks, what's your favorite memory of each other? Oh, so many different ways I could go with this. Um, I did share the escalator story at Unleash with um, Nikki Hoyland's team um, because they had a, a suitcase myth, mishap. And so I'm like, oh, I am going to make you feel better. <laughs> I'm going to say it was uh, the first time we met at the, uh, the big HR conference in D.C., when uh, we just happened to run into each other in the elevator and uh, then walked to the conference both days um, that, that we were there. And it was just uh, kind of the nice way to, to start our friendship. It's a nice story. Obviously, we knew each other ahead of time. It wasn't like we were complete strangers in the, in the uh, elevator. But um, that is something that I look back on, um, that, that happenstance of us being in the elevator at the same time which has led to where we are today. Not to mention my weird interaction with one of my GI Joe friends when we're walking down the street in DC, remember? And he walked right up to me and goes, oh. sir, what are you doing here? I'm like, what yes. the hell? <laughs> and there's Brad Shu. Shout out to Brad Shu. What a good guy. Oh, yes. So you mentioned it, the laundry or the laundry, the luggage <laughs> explosion, it just encapsulates so much for it us. It does. It does. And the sheer joy on your face, <laughs> the tears of the tears of joy and the the laughter. And what else it can was, we do? It was so damn. What it else? Was, it was perfect. It was so funny. Thankfully, there was a really nice person there to help us because I'm sure they were mortified. At oh, the they! Wanted. I'm sure they thought I was the worst person in the world. How was this person? Why is she laughing at this? For those thing? that are still listening that have not heard this story. Chicago 2018. Yeah. Last day of the conference, we're headed to the reception room for the, the folks that were working on the blog squad with the conference. And it's early morning. It was like, what, 7.15 or so. It's oh or we before everything got ones. going. We were the only ones there. We're the only two people on the, on the going, yeah. heading up. And I'm on, I'm behind Wendy and she gets to the top of the escalator. And the next thing you know, my luggage just blew out. <laughs> That, that I don't know if I had too much stuff in there, but then we proceed to watch all my stuff tumble down the escalator. And my laptop up. that I'd gotten as a gift and, come up. And, my, and, it, and it just started running up and I'm cussing and carrying on and Wendy's in the corner laughing. And then I'm like, well, now I got to tell Heidi that you saw my underwear because that's going to be a story. Oh. We just watched all my stuff come up the steps, what come else up the escalator, and I start escalator. dumping it, dumping it in the escalator, dumping it back into the luggage. We couldn't go down and get it. No, it, it made no sense. And nobody, thankfully, again, nobody else is around to see this shenanigans, <laughs> except the one nice lady who came yep. over, got me some tape, yep. 
and we taped up, taped it up the remnants of my luggage. Thankfully, I was not. I was staying in. Yes. I was staying in the Chicagoland area for a couple more days to see my family, and so my sister took me to a store to buy a piece of luggage to get home. <laughs> we talked about it. I think we recorded that day, or that that yeah. story has come up over the years, and yeah. it, it just it's. It, We've had some real misadventures. I mean, we had uh, the other thing I thought about is we recorded one time. It was, I think it was in LA. We were doing one of our, our Facebook things and I was cussing because it wasn't working and it got through. Oh, I right. thought that was, I thought that was funny. I forgot about that. It's weird. It's weird to think that we've not seen each other in person since LA in 20 and no, what, October of 19? October of 19. Yep. That that's, that's weird. I know. It sucks, <laughs> but it it's sucks. weird. It does it's suck. Weird. It's weird and it sucks. And, you know, the hard part is neither one of us live near an, a super active airport, which would make it easy for us to visit um, coming in and out. Sioux Falls is not easy. Richmond is not easy. You know, just go visit. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> you, you just can't. Um, and we're, you know, we're kind of now at a point where, I'm, I am feeling more comfortable traveling, got my masks. Um, I bought a new HR social hour mask just for the trip to Vegas. Cause you don't know, even after, if there is ever an after I might wear one all the time because there's a lot of weird people bringing weird germs onto airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> true, Let's just true. be honest. Very true. And they're packing those planes tight. Yeah. <laughs> Final question from Mary Williams. What's been the most unexpected surprise in this HR social hour journey? You alluded to it earlier. I think the fact that we're still doing it. Thank you, Mary Williams. Number one yes. fan, undisputed. Yes. We had to end with her question. <laughs> it's funny, Wendy. So this is the 225th numbered episode. Uh -huh. Do you know what the actual number of release this episode will be or is since it's out? People are listening. It's. It's got to be close to 300. 294. Damn. So there, there's my most unexpected surprise, Mary. 294 episodes of stuff that we have of created stuff. with so many of you that, that have submitted questions, have been on the show. Somebody that's going to be on soon, we hope. That's it's the surprise of that the journey has not ended. We certainly didn't know, particularly during COVID, we didn't no. know what was going to happen. And we didn't. I think we doubled down and and did more to entertain ourselves and the masses as best we could. But I, I think that's, yeah. I, I think the surprise is the fact it's, it's continued. And the fact that we have, we've developed friendships and relationships with people globally that yeah. I would have never imagined. I would have never imagined. I, the, the fact that, um, you know, we have friends in Europe and, and people that will, um, who spent their insomniac <laughs> nights with us on the chat during co during the height of COVID, um, and, and who will take the time to to do that? That that the community continues to grow, continues to be very supportive and, and a part of each other. Some of you probably saw it on Twitter, but you know, Sarah Noel Wilson was forty five minutes away from me and drove up, brought her husband and her in laws because I was at the uh, Brookings Farmer's Market just this last Saturday. And she says, I'm 45 minutes away. I'm driving up to see you before we drive out to the Black Hills. That someone would do that, you know, 45 minutes. Some places of the world, that's a long way. In the Midwest, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. 
for her to do that and, and come up and, and spend, you know, half an hour with me just chatting and, and, um, catch doing a little catch up and, um, having that connection, I think that will always continue to be the biggest surprise for me, even though it continues to, we continue to go on and, um, you know, that we're able to have the, continue to have these conversations because, you know, now I have, I can count you amongst my dear friends and many, many other people that I've met through the social hour. That caps the questions. <laughs> Hopefully you were educated, entertained, something in between. Yes, I hope so. Something from the ridiculous to the sublime. <laughs> Wendy, we know what time it is. Yes. I'm going to crack open the wheel. All right. You know when you're ready to spin and let her rip. All right. Here we go. And the winner is Tina Marie Woolfield. I'd tell you to send her some ice cream, but I don't know how feasible that is. We will be sending her a prize. Thank you to all that submitted. And Chris Hadley, again, make sure that you ask your family next time. Yes, uh, because that, that, awesome. that is just the way you explained it was so tremendous. Uh, we really do appreciate that. I love it. I love it. Wendy, as we sit back and reflect on 225 number, 294 now total shows that we've done, I wanted to make a few comments and hopefully people are still listening. This has been a really interesting year for us as podcasters and looking at what we do. We've been tremendously fortunate to work with some amazing sponsors over the last many months with Namely, with Bowling Green State University, with Workology. We're incredibly appreciative of that. We're appreciative of all of you that listen. We're just going to say it. We're in a weird place. We're just not having many as many people listen. For whatever reason. And I think that is a sign of coming out of the pandemic. I'm not going to say post, you know, just in general and talking to other people. It it seems like people are doing other things. They're they're getting out of the house. They're just not. And to your we've talked several times about the fact people aren't traveling or have those commutes as much and they're not listening. I want to personally thank all of you that are continuing to listen. And I would respectfully request and ask and and humbly ask that you share, continue to share. Please share. Follow if you're not getting episodes every week. I think we can proudly say in the time we've done this, we've had one late episode mm-hmm. the whole time. And, and that, that is our commitment to you is to have new new stuff and, and good stuff. I, I think we've had some amazing guests in the last several months that unfortunately more people should have heard and, and will hear because I, I think that there's a, a bit of cycle to this. It honestly has been frustrating and disappointing, but I also know we can't control it. All we can do is just say thank you to those that are listening and, and just ask, continue to share the good word. This is not us saying we're done. That's my running joke on star Joe's every, every episode. I always say, Oh, it's our last episode. We're not doing that folks. Nope. Please, please don't read it as that. We would ask, please share, share, just share and help others find us mm-hmm. because that's been the beautiful thing in this. Going back to that big surprise, Wendy, you and I agreed. We thought we'd have a handful of people listen Mm -hmm. and we'd do the 50 shows and be done. And it became so much more than that. Overwhelmingly. So like I said, it's been, it's been a weird couple months, frustrating couple months for me, particularly uh, because because, (laughs) because I, I, because I look at it, it's, it's just, it's weird. Uh, And, but I'm thankful that it's not just us. 
<laughs> in other words, if if I felt like we weren't continuing to put out good pro- and, and I would ask if if you're yeah. listening to this, if we're not giving you what you need necessarily, or or that we're that you're finding that you, that stuff has changed for you, I'm open. We we are open uh-huh. to feedback. We're certainly not going to just go do something like everybody else because that's not what we are, who we want to be. No. Uh, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to stop and go do something else yeah. and call it something else right. and do it differently. I don't mean to bring everything down, but I, <laughs> I had to say it. I, and, and I felt like well, it's 225, it's, a, it's an anniversary show and I can't. And it's, it's our it's show our and we get to do what we want. But to, I think, you know, just again, the call to share what you listen to, share what you like. If there's something you don't like, you know, let us know and we'll take it under advisement. We have been here and we're helping, we're, been a part of the community and we're going to continue to be a part of the community. So share what you like. (laughs) We have talked about this, I think a few times in the past, what we do is very lonely and that sounds weird. (laughs) However, we can put out a show and it will get downloads and people will share and comment on it. But for the most part, you don't get a lot of feedback. No, you You, don't. You might, you might get, if it really resonates with somebody and they, they're really appreciative of it. But for the most part, we don't hear a lot. Uh-uh. You know, we, we do get the shares and we get likes. It's not like people are contacting us often to say this is what it, and that's all right. That that is that is kind of this, you know, I always say you get about three percent response if you're lucky. And I think we've been well well, well fortunate yeah. beyond that. But it is kind of a weird thing. We're sitting here talking to each other. We may talk to somebody else and it goes into this little audio thing and we clean it up and put it out there and just hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> that that it yeah. and that it does resonate. And if it's not resonating, we want to know that too. Yep. 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 We didn't go ninety minutes, Wendy, but we did go a little over an hour. We did go a little bit longer than I thought we would, but that's it, all right. That I love is it. okay. Love talking why, with you. Well, that's why we planned accordingly yep. for your schedule. <laughs> if they've made it this far and they're not connected, though, what is the best way for them to reach you out there? Uh, best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And then the second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. We've already asked or told, yep. you know, listen, rate, review, share, and follow whatever platform you're on. International listeners, we know you are listening, and we do appreciate that. We'd yes. love to talk to you further. Reach out. Let's start those conversations because it's easier for you to get in touch with us than for us to get in touch with you. Wendy, we really have gone from the sublime, ridiculous to the sublime and back again. Love it. Thank you for for being here. Congratulations on 225 numbered shows. Back with even more and better in the next few weeks. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.